welcome to the Bull Street Podcast. We're switching it up a little bit today. Tim is going to be the interviewee. Thank you for having me, Joel. And I am the interviewer. And we also have Kelsey here. So welcome, Kelsey. So today we're going to talk about church membership, specifically geared towards college students. Um, And we are all in the college ministry here at Bull Street. So we just kind of wanted to get a discussion about that and what church membership looks like if you're a college student. Because, you know, you're in college for four years, sometimes longer, and you're only there for part of the year. I mean, especially SCAD has different semester lengths and stuff than regular colleges somewhat, and people aren't here the whole year. So it's like, should I become a church member? And um, so we're going to answer questions like that. So I guess probably the first question is, why, why do we need church membership? That's a great question. And first of all, I want to say I'm so glad that you thought to have this conversation because it is one of those things that's ever present in the life of the church, but we don't often get an opportunity to have just an explicit conversation about it where we can like unpack some things about why it is so important. And yeah, to to start off of just why why church membership. I think there are a lot of things in our culture that we don't always realize how much they influence us. I'm thinking of just our the individualism of especially the United States, but also just the time that we live in, just being uh, isolated, being very, we base, our, our culture bases so much of who we are on how we express ourselves and kind mm-hmm. of the subjective inner person um, that's your that's your your real self and your real you and you just follow your heart and those kinds of things. The church and church membership offers a really refreshing, needed, objective perspective of here's a group of people that is not you, but all of us together are following Jesus and the the body of Christ gathered the local body provides some boundaries that allow the universal church to be expressed. Hmm. Um, So it's not just that we're all kind of like floating from city to city and season of life to season of life, and we're just being Christians in our own way. But no, it's, it's actually clearly seen. There are actual boundaries to say, here's the outline of the church, and it's this group of people, they meet at this time and they are committed in covenant to one another. So that's, I, there's a lot of thoughts flowing through there that I'm sure we'll unpack more. But Kelsey, do you have anything to add? I think just with the the why church membership, why it's important, like the church is set up to be an encouragement, to be in accountability and to provide for its members. Mm-hmm. And so why church membership is you're actively called to participate in that and also be a receptive person of that, a receiving person. Yeah. So maybe going a little bit deeper into that, what is what would you say is the biblical basis? You gave some good kind of cultural things, us wanting to be mm-hmm. more individualistic. Like what's the biblical basis for, for church membership? Because some churches don't necessarily do it quite as strictly as we do here at Bull Street. Yeah. Some don't even have membership. Yeah. Um, you know, what are, and maybe even go into what would be some of kind of maybe the downfalls of church membership. What would mm. be the, the bad sides of church membership? Because um, I know there there are stories and maybe even stories some of our students have of bad experiences with, with church mm. membership. Yeah. 
thinking biblically, biblical evidence for membership, uh, I think it is important um, for us to recognize, especially us as Bull Street, that we really cherish membership and, and we hold it up in high esteem. It's important to recognize that there is no verse that's like a church membership. Those like those words aren't in the Bible per se, but neither is the word Trinity or discipleship or there's there's all kinds of things that we all of the time infer from scripture that's that's what we're always doing theologically we're mm-hmm. we're taking what scripture says and we're trying to apply it to our lives and when you look at the new testament this age that we live in after jesus has risen from the grave and ascended and sent his holy spirit this church <laughs> age you can infer a lot from the new testament about there being church membership. <laughs> it's it's looked different throughout time because, you know, we have computers today that might have like an official role and they obviously didn't have that in uh Europe in the 1st century, but when all of the all of the New Testament are their letters mostly to churches, there was something about the people in Galatia and Ephesus and Corinth that like when a letter came to the church at those places, People knew who that letter was for. And then specifically thinking of Corinth, when Paul's instructing them to remove the man who's in sin mm-hmm. from their from their gathering, well, how would you, again, you're reading between the lines a little bit, but how do you know that someone has been removed if there's not some kind of official way that they are recognized as members yeah. so that whenever it's time to remove someone because of their sin, they they are clearly being removed. Yeah. Um, one other just quick example that comes to mind is in Acts where it says that 3,000 were added to their number. Mm. That's church. obviously, uh, it is, megachurch, Jerusalem, uh, first <laughs> century. Uh, obviously, that's a that was a miraculous thing that happened. So of course, it would be easy to be like, wow, 3,000 people it's easy to see like why that would have been counted because it was this amazing thing that happened. But again, reading between the lines, people knew that it was 3,000 people. Like they knew how many were added to the number in the church in Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. those are some thoughts on biblical evidence for why it matters. The second part of your question about kind of bad examples, I, th- I think I would say... I want to be careful to to make sure that what we're saying is that there have been pastors or church bodies, because I think it can go both ways, mm. where it, it can be kind of like top down or bottom up, um, where the pragmatics of membership can be abused. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that church membership itself is ever a bad thing, because mm-hmm. I think it's a part of our following Jesus, but the details certainly at times can be used as a weapon to mm-hmm. to to yeah abuse of like if a if a pastor is binding a conscience over something that should be up to christian freedom and they're making that a mark of membership well that's not yeah that's not being a faithful under shepherd the way that that jesus shepherds his flock but i don't know i'm talking a lot kelsey do you have anything to either of those questions I think on the biblical basis, like you said, like in the New Testament, you're not going to read the words church membership, but you can read how it's described in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so you see this call to elders and pastors to Mm -hmm. shepherd their flock. Well, then what is the definition of that flock? Yeah. 
And you see this charge to the church to care for its orphans and its widows. And you see how those orphans and widows are enrolled, well, enrolled into what? Mm. And so you see these pieces come together that are actually outlining what the local church should look like. Mm. And when looking at maybe the negative sides of church and church membership, there's this connotation of church being full of a hypocrite Mm. status. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something to tackle on the front end. And I usually want to say like, well, then how how are we deciding hypocrite? Like what's that definition? Mm -hmm. And that definition is some semblance of a person who says one thing but does another. And I think the easy thing is to then hold up the definition of what a Christian is next to that Mm -hmm. and to be a part of a local church to be in covenant with that church through membership, you're first giving your testimony, mm-hmm. proclaiming that you're Christ. And your your testimony starts with, I'm a sinful person, unable to save myself. Mm. And I'm in need of a savior. That savior is Jesus Christ, the only one able to rescue and redeem me. Mm. And so to look at the church and say they're a hypocrite, like as a church body, we are coming together knowing that we are lesser, knowing that we cannot save ourselves, and that's what's uniting us. And so to be shocked that we're also sinners, we're not shocked by each other's sin. Yeah. Um, and again, that's where it comes into like the purpose of encouraging one another and holding each other accountable in a loving and effective way. Yeah. Mm. And again, you can, you can imagine how our flesh can <laughs> subvert things that are otherwise good and if yeah if if church membership ever becomes something that is like a cultural if if it's a means to an end of just fitting into society because that's what good people do is they join churches um it becomes more of like a club kind of membership then yeah there's an expectation when i when i'm joining some other club i'm bringing my best self if i'm going to like play basketball in a basketball club mm. i'm going to show up trying to be like you guys want me on your team. I'm a good basketball player. I'm trying to put portray my best self. But you're absolutely right. If the church is the place that broken people come and find redemption and throw themselves on Christ, then suddenly there's great freedom and rejoicing that comes with sinful people seeing each other's sinfulness, not out of not out of scandal, but out of like repentance and and seeing sanctification happen over time. That's good. So you could almost say mem- church membership enables the church to be the church. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it enables the leadership to function as they're supposed to. And it enables the congregation, the members, which everyone is members. And, you know, First Corinthians talks about that. We're all members of one body, mm-hmm. like enables the members to be cared for by the leaders. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I think of my role as a pastor now, like there are always going to be people coming in and out, you know, visitors, family members of church members, like my my non-believing neighbors, like knowing the people who have committed to my church that that I am first a church member of, Mm. that I happen to hold the office of pastor, but it creates a kind of a target in my mind of, okay, these are the people though, first and foremost- that I'm committed to. Yeah. Um, and then you're exactly right on the the other end of the spectrum. We don't often talk about like the authority of the church, I feel mm-hmm. like in today's day and age. Um, 
We don't like to. We don't, we don't like to. Compared to the way we think of like the institutions that God has made of like the family and he has mm. instituted the government. And so like, we're more, we're more comfortable with like, so yes, children should obey parents and parents should care for children. But uh, in the same way, if, if you are, for instance, college student, just happy coming to school, listening to church services online, uh, going from one church to another for four years of your life, then you're missing out on the opportunity of committing with a body mm-hmm. under the authority of a group of pastors mm-hmm. that that the Lord has put the authority on those men. The congregation recognizes, at least this is the way we do it at Wall Street, the congregation recognizes what God has done mm-hmm. in those men. But yeah, we we are not just listening to any sermon from any pastor at any time, every Sunday we're gathering together and we are listening to the sermon for us. And it's it's my pastor preaching to me. Yeah, This is what the Lord has for me. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, as a testimony, just I've seen for years the amazing way that the Holy Spirit has orchestrated the books of the Bible we've been preaching through for the exact season of life that, that a certain member needs. And hmm. as we all know what's going on in each other's lives, it's just... It's beautiful, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. Well, I think, like, thinking over my experience, first of all, Bull Street, I think, is one of the most healthy churches I've ever been a part of, but also the membership, I think, is the most healthy that I've ever Mm. been a part of in that they actually expect things of their members. You know, I've been Mm. in, I think, in college, I was in a church that was more of the top-down kind of leadership. They Mm. didn't have... The congregation didn't vote on things. Hmm. Uh, the elders made all the decisions. So being a member there didn't necessarily mean as much. I think in in God's eyes, obviously it means as much, and, and in your in your eyes it should mean as much because hmm. you should be committed to that body, to that membership, to that leadership. But you know, we didn't have. I didn't have as much necessarily member responsibility in that church. And then after college, I was in a church that was congregationally led like 100% and we voted on everything, even though it was a church of like 15 people. Like we literally <laughs> voted on everything. The The members meetings were some of the most boring meetings I've ever been a part of. <laughs> and then Bull Street, like our members meetings are some of the best meetings I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Like they're so great and they're so encouraging because, and I don't want to down other churches like, you know, God uses other churches. God uses other ways of governing governing in other churches. But I think the way we do things here at Bull Street just is so encouraging to be a member and to be a part of. Um, and so kind of moving from that, like for me in college, I was a member of a church and I was gone for the for a few summers, not every summer. But I guess what would it, what does it mean for our college students to be a part of Bull Street? And can they be, you know, maybe a member at their home church still and be a member at Bull Street? That might be a question that some of them might have. Mm. Um, I guess just what does it mean for our college students to be a member at Bull Street if they're not going to be here 100% of the time the whole year? Yeah, that's a great question. Kelsey? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Um, I think for the student who is going to be spending a majority of their year here in Savannah, plugging in and being a member of a church is vital. Mm -hmm. There is this tie to home churches that is beautiful. That's where you grew up. It's familiar. 
but you are no longer in that community. Your community is now where you are at school. Mm. And so whether you're here as a freshman and you've got four plus years left, mm-hmm. or you're here as a senior and you're going into your final year, it's important for you to plug into the community that the Lord has placed you in. And Amen. there's that beauty of getting to jump into a church that is right down the street from you, where you can be served and start serving immediately. And that serving is not just with task, but it's also centered around someone deeply caring about how you are growing and walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is that is what Bull Street has, where you're just full of resources and of mm-hmm. people who genuinely want to see their brothers, brothers and sisters deeply know Christ. And so if that is you becoming a member for six months versus four years, the value isn't lost in time. Mm -hmm. The people who want to pour into you are ready and willing. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Lord has called us to do as church members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can only be faithful where the Lord has us today. Um, It's easy to have plans (laughs) and think about the five-year plan, the 10-year plan, but the Lord gives us grace for today. And mm. if, yeah, if if you are a student that is here at least 75% of the year, well, then this is the place where people know you and this is the group of people that you know best and, and most. And I can think of all kinds of different examples. There was a guy a few years ago that came into his senior year, had been very just kind of like visited the church off and on. And then I think he he and I have talked about this and we're not sure, but it's possible that the Lord saved him his senior year just because there Mm. was such a radical change Mm. um, where all of a sudden just the impending graduation, that's what the Lord used in his heart to kind of wake him up and realize like, I've just walked through three years and what do I have to show for it? Like I've not made any deep relationships or anything. Um, And he just committed to the church and to Christ. Ultimately, that's like, can't underscore that enough that it, it's in the, I'll come back to his story in just a second. In the same way that we are saved by Christ through faith, and that faith is evidenced by works. Like mm-hmm. I think of James, that we are not saved by our works, but if but genuine faith will lead to works. We are not saved by our membership. Like we are saved by Christ, but Christ's, salvation should spur in you a a love for his bride Mm. that I think will most often be expressed by commitment to a local body. And so this brother, we had this exact conversation going into like the senior, the, the spring new members class was coming up. He was going to graduate that May and be moving. He knew he had a job lined up and he said, is it like, should I just wait? And I said, again, going to James, like we can make all kinds of plans about the future. And I praise the Lord that you have, like the Lord has provided for you after graduation, but there's something so beautiful about you saying it is worth it for today, Hmm. that this is the body that this is where the Lord has me today. And so I'm going to commit membership. What that led to then, he could have not done that. And that would have been like, that would have been fine. Like he was still a part of the ministry, like Bull Street people still loved him, he mm-hmm. knew him, like that wouldn't have changed. But uh, what that did was it was a way that he was able to express love and 
experience and intimacy with his church family that otherwise he would have missed out on. And once he graduated, it took like a solid 18 months, two years before he found Hmm. a good church at his new job. And I kept in touch with him all the time because he was my my covenant member, my brother of my Mm. church. And again, that's not to say like if he hadn't joined, I would have just like forgot about him. But there's something about the way the Lord used that, that he did not fall off my radar because he's on the membership role. And that that might've been the simple ordinary means that the Holy Spirit used to keep him coming up on my mind and going like, oh, I need to text him to see if he's found a church yet. And a couple months later, like he calls me and like still haven't found a church and we can pray about it together. And I still know him and he still knows me. Um, versus, yeah, just kind of other examples of students that maybe they don't ever join and then they graduate and then mm. they're just not on my radar because they didn't join. And so who knows where they are a yeah. couple years later. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Well, if that's not a big enough promotion for Bull Street, I don't know what <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, God didn't design us to be lone Christians. Mm. Like we are a part of a body yeah. and even, you know, missionaries that go off into the jungle of Africa and don't have a church around them there. They still have people that sent them that are praying for them that are a part of, mm-hmm. or a church that they're a part of, you know, they, a lot of them have many churches that support them, but they usually have a home church. And thinking along those lines, like how absurd would it be? for a missionary to go to an unreached people group yeah. and then just say, well, now that you're a believer, that's that's what it was all about. Yeah. So just, you guys are out here in beautiful nature, just worship the Lord. Like, yeah. no, missionaries go and establish churches. Mm-hmm. That's the way that Jesus has sanctioned, like, this is how I'm going to work now in this yeah. age, is that through my people, churches are going to, to grow and be planted. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess maybe along the church membership line specifically, like how do we become church members? Like what are the, what are the three ways are, at Bull Street that are in people become members? That's a great question. Um, so yes, we in wanting to take this responsibility seriously and make sure that when someone joins, it's not just like a, anybody who wants to raise their hand and be like, more of kind of a country club of like, yeah, I want to be a member there. No, we want it to be a little bit a higher bar of a bar than that. We have a membership class that we require people attend just to, that's just the least we could ask, which they are a ton of fun. Kelsey came to the last one because Brett was joining. That's right. <laughs> what was your experience? It's just a sweet time. As, where a, like, as a refresher since yeah. you joined. So you've been through twice? I've been through yeah. twice wow. now. I'm a double member. Double member. <laughs> yes. Platinum status. <laughs> um, it It's a sweet time where you have the elders of the church intentionally coming to meet potential new members and wanting to just share the heart of the church with Mm. these people and saying, Mm. like, we want you to be a part of this, and here's the covenant we will make with you. Will you make it with us? And Mm -hmm. it's a sweet time of kind of reveling in what the Lord has done in all of these independent lives with the potential that we're all going to come together and serve the Lord here in Savannah, particularly at Bull Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also fun. Like you get to get to know the church and get to know the building and get to know like what's old, what's new, what's upcoming. Yeah. And also you get to know 
the other people in that class mm-hmm. that like you you kind of instantly if you are brand new and that's the first thing you come to like it it builds in you are forming relationships with the body kind of right off the bat and i remember in that last class we had people who had been in savannah area for years yeah. and then you've mm-hmm. got the people who moved the last week yeah mm-hmm. and so you also have that connection there of like oh like we're going to link arms not just in this church but like what do you need? Do you need yeah. to know where the gas station is? Where's the grocery store? Like, do you have family close? Like, you instantly have that bond available yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, attend a class, and then we cover this in the class, but we are Baptists. So, we are congregationally governed officially. The church, we believe when we look at scripture, that the church is the one that makes decisions for the church. The gathered Mm -hmm. body makes the decisions for the gathered body, as opposed to like most other Protestant denominations where there's a presbytery or there's kind of a single pastor, bishop kind of office making all the decisions. Um, The church votes on all of our big decisions. So after the new members class, uh, that doesn't make you a member if you attend, but it's just an opportunity again to learn about the church. Um, but if you would like to pursue membership after that, then you will meet with an elder um, at some point hmm. in the the week or two after it. Again, just to further deepen a relationship with one of your pastors. And also the pastors are the ones who are presenting the new members to the congregation saying, we vouch for these people that they are Christ followers. Hmm. Um, that's something that is a responsibility on the pastors to make sure that the members of the church are regenerate Christ following people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what that interview is just, it's just a time to get to know your pastors better and glory in the truths of the gospel um, together. Mm-hmm. And then we, the the pastors present those candidates for membership at the following members meeting, which is usually like a week or two after that. Um, and the, con- the congregation votes and then the following Sunday, there's a big meal that we have after church mm-hmm. to celebrate being a family together. Um, and we read the covenant in that church service. Um, and it's really sweet. You mentioned kind of the three ways. Yeah. So to, to go into that, there's that gets more into like the details of like, where is this, you know, the big magic like roll <laughs> that's like on a glowing piece of paper somewhere. Um, yeah, the, the, the pragmatic things are some churches, especially many members are coming from non-denominational churches mm-hmm. that are also congregational, but it's like kind of the ultimate congregational in that they they don't even have a denomination. And so a lot of those churches don't have any kind of like written paper kind of role. Yeah. Many Southern Baptist churches though do have official roles that when you change membership from one of those churches to another one of those churches, they like to send a letter. It's kind of feels like old fashioned, but I think it's really sweet of like, yes, the purpose of that was to further vouch for Hmm. people as believers to say, Mm -hmm. they were a faithful member here. They love Jesus. Here's their letter. Like, praise the Lord, go be a part of that church. Um, So that's, if you know that you, your home church does that, then we would like to do that. We would like to receive the letter just because we got them. Why not? Um, thirdly, though, is by baptism. If we are, we are Baptists, uh, and so we believe in regenerate baptism. Is that right? Hold on. Baptismal Better. Regeneration. Hardly edit out my heresy if I if okay. I say any. <laughs> um, 
we believe that only <laughs> only Christians should be baptized mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like infant baptism. So if you have not been baptized since coming to faith in Jesus as a thinking adult or or you know a child that you confessed Christ, we believe that baptism should follow that. Yeah. Um, and so there's various reasons why someone sometimes hasn't been baptized or maybe they were baptized younger, but then they realized that they had not come to faith yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be kind of that third way of yeah. y- you would join by baptism, which is kind of to zoom back out to like, just what what is the church? Like how sweet is that? That it's it's a, a local gathering of the body mm-hmm. of Christ that they are the people who say, all right, this person said that they were going with Christ yeah. and we watched them go under the water and watched yeah. them come out of the water. There certainly is freedom, even within scripture of the Ethiopian eunuch of like, you know what, if there's circumstances that are making it difficult mm. and inappropriate for someone to, you know, wait, uh, then praise the Lord. If there's water, do it. But yeah. uh, we would say it seems like the the normal, ordinary way things should be done is that someone should say they go with Christ mm. and then want to be baptized in front of a local body mm-hmm. to say, I go with Christ and I'm going to get in the water, go under and come yeah. back up. And you all have seen that. And that's yeah. that's a tangible, tangible way. We we feel the gospel literally in the water and, yeah. and we see it. It's it's the gospel is portrayed before us. Um yeah, it's, it's but anyway, beautiful. this isn't a podcast about yeah. believers' baptism. Believers' baptism, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, to do not <laughs> not regenerate baptism. <laughs> yeah. I think regenerate baptism is... Heresy? You think that baptism saves you. Baptism We don't believe that. I think. I we believe it's in... It's been a okay. while since I've been in Bible college. We've been, uh, we believe in believers' baptism. Yeah. Well, it's such a beautiful <laughs> picture. And like having those Sundays when we introduce new members and when members get become members by being baptized, like that's the most exciting thing. Mm. Not that we're not excited about the other members, but sure. you know, being having seeing somebody be baptized and be, not only become a member of our local church, but signify their membership of the universal church through yeah. that baptism is just a beautiful picture. Yeah. I think. Like you were saying there. Amen. So well, that's all the questions I have. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Harley, do you have anything to add? <laughs> Compression EQ. <laughs> Compression EQ. All right. Good. Good, good. Good stuff. Thanks for producing. <laughs> anything else? All that's right. all I got. Cool. Well, I guess we'll sign off. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye.